Last week, we talked about prayer for those who are in authority. First Timothy 2, 1 and 2 says this, pray for those who are in authority, that we might live a peaceable life in all righteousness and godliness. And that's basically saying, pray for those who are in authority so that we as Christians can live an unpersecuted life as believers, where there's an atmosphere where the gospel can go forward, because the Bible says, for this is good and pleasing to God, who would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, I believe this, we must pray for those who are in authority. And we prayed, and we, we talked about last week, that the prayer of sending Jesus said in Matthew 9, 38, Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest would send labors into the harvest. We talked about how God sent Nathan to David when he was in an adulterous affair. And Nathan was the prophet. He represents the church. David was the king. He represents the government. And he was sent, and when he confronted David with his sin, he repented, and he came back to God. And that's where the, the scriptures fulfilled in Proverbs 21, 1. It says that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it whithersoever he chooses, even as the rivers of water. And so God sends people to change hearts. God's chosen that by the foolishness of preaching that men should be saved. Or you could say that God has chosen that by the foolishness of preaching, men's hearts will be changed. And so when men are sent, and they're sent because the Bible says, and how uh, shall they hear except there be a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? It says that in Romans. So our prayer is to send godly leaders. I've spoken to Senator Grassley. I, I, I've had the opportunity to speak to a lot of leaders. I was with Ernie, uh, Joni Ernst, Ernie Joinst, <laughs> Joni Ernst, and uh, spoke with her a couple weeks ago, spoke with our uh, attorney general a couple weeks before that. And these are people, people that need Jesus. Can I get an amen? They're just people. We act like, oh my gosh, there are civil authorities, there are, you know, attorney general or there are senator or or these people they're just people and they need to know the lord and if they're doing wrong we need to gently go to them and pray for them and and point out what the word of god says and you say well what if they don't what if they don't respond pastor bill well when god sent moses to speak to pharaoh exodus 3 uh there in verse 10 through 12 or 18 through 20 something he says i send you to speak to him but he won't Do what you say, but now I will be able to get involved, and I will deal with him. How many of you know when the word of God gets spoken to somebody, it says in Isaiah 55, 11, it says the word will not return void, but it'll accomplish that thing that has been sent forth to do. It doesn't say you're going to accomplish it. It says his word's going to accomplish it, and it doesn't say that you're going to enforce his word. He says, I'm going to come along and enforce my word. So God promised Moses that Pharaoh was gonna, wasn't going to do anything, he said. But then he brought ten plagues, and then when the final plague, the firstborn of every house, was dead, and Pharaoh's child, firstborn child, was dead, then he was open to do what God said. Can I get an amen? So God, God has his ways to get people to obey. And so that's a, that was last week. So I want to encourage you to be praying about this election. I want to encourage you to vote again. And I want to encourage you to look at these voter cards and look and say, I, you know, I'm, I don't vote for candidates. I vote for biblical worldview. I look in this and I say, okay, abortion on demand. One candidate says, yes, I'm for it. 
The other candidate says, no, I'm not for abortion on demand. Well, what does God say? God says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And that he has plans for us. And he says, I knew you. And he says, I know the plans that I have for you before we were even born. It says in Psalms 116 39, it says, all the days of your life are in a book. You think we should go in and kill a baby before it even gets a chance to be birthed? And it never gets to fulfill all the days of its life that are written in a book that God has planned for that baby. Somebody say amen. See, that gives me a biblical worldview on a particular political subject. And when one verse, I mean, one person goes completely against the verses of Scripture and the other one lines himself up with what the verses of Scripture says, you know which one I'm going to vote for? I don't care if they're Republican. I don't care if they're Democrat. I don't care if they're independent. I'm voting for the one who's in line with the, verse, with the, with the Scriptures. Amen? Amen. So that's what I believe we should do. But today we're going to be talking about faith. We're going to be talking about some things uh, that you're not going to be able to be in faith. You know, it isn't prayer that changes things. It doesn't say all things are possible to them that pray. The Bible says all things are possible to them that believe. How many of you know there's a difference between praying and believing? A lot of people pray, you know, if that were true, the Muslims would have the most prayers answered of anybody because they're down on their knees on their little prayer rug five times a day praying, facing towards Mecca. But they're not getting people healed. They're not getting people delivered from the devil. They're not getting people saved. That's just not happening. I know people who they pray and really all they're doing is obsessing in fear and in worry and they're begging God and they don't have any faith at all in their prayers. Anybody ever met somebody like that? Because the Bible doesn't say that all things are possible to them that pray. It says all things are possible to them that believe. There's a world of difference between praying and believing. And let me give you one thing this morning that's probably one of the greatest hindrances to prayer is the lack of faith because of worry or carrying cares. In the Amplified Bible, wherever you see in the Bible it talks about cares, it talks about worry and anxiety. Turn with me this morning to 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7, and we're going to talk about carrying, are you carrying the right load today? And I believe this, that this is one of the most important things that you need to learn about prayer, which is really a precursor to your prayers Before you'll get your prayers answered, you're going to have to learn to do this one thing that I'm going to teach you about this morning. And look at what it says there in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Again, 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. And it says, likewise, excuse me, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. You know, it's better to humble yourself and let God exalt you. I mean, there's a lot of people trying to exalt themselves, but God's going to have to humble them. It's better if we just choose to humble ourselves. You know, if we'll just do what God says, then he won't have to let things happen to us that sometimes will cause us to have to repent. Then it says, after that, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Did you know it's actually pride to carry cares and to worry? Did you know that is actually a very subtle insidious, camouflaged form of pride when you carry cares or worries and anxiety? Well, we're going to have to worry about that tomorrow. 
who says you're going to have to worry? Jesus said, be in faith about it. You're going to have to worry about it? So you think you have the power to change it with your worry? That's why the Bible teaches us that worry is sin. Anxiety is sin because you're not in faith. If you're Because anxiety and fear, anxiety is nothing more than a type of fear. And fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is a belief that something bad is going to happen. And, of course, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, John 10, 10. And so we're having fear is really faith in the devil. Fear is believing something bad is going to happen. That's what fear is. And worrying is meditating on it. It's a meditational type of just, you know, obsessing on it. And so what you're really doing is you're worshiping the devil inadvertently because you're giving him faith and you're looking to him and you're believing him and you're revering him, so to speak, with a perverse type of fear instead of a godly reverential fear we're supposed to give to God. And so what happens is people, many times, they find themselves in fear. But you see, if you worry, that means you've taken on and you've carried your cares because you think you and your worrying somehow is going to make it right, and that's really pride. You ought to say, there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm going to do what it says right in this very next verse. Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Wow. It starts out, humble yourself, therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares on him. Everybody say, on him, for he cares for you. You would think he doesn't care for you. If you're in fear and you're in worry, you must not think he cares for you. But he says he cares for you, so are we calling him a liar? Are we calling him inadequate to take care of it? That we have to be fearful and worry? And really, fear is putting our faith in what the devil's going to do, which is something bad. God does good things. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Everybody say every good and every perfect gift. So every bad thing must come from the devil because he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. James says every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. So every good thing comes from God. So, and he says he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us unto glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in this world through lust. So when the Bible talks about these good things that he's given us, and we need to be thankful, and we need to be meditating on the good things. Can I get an amen? amen. So it says, take care for nothing. And, and as we look at that, it says, and casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. You know, that word, cast all your cares or anxieties and fears, in the Greek, that word is a very powerful thing. And it says to cast is a peripta, which is to throw the load on a pack mule or on a beast of burden of some kind. We're to take all of our fears, all of our worries, all of our anxieties, and it's not a suggestion. It's a command to throw it over on Jesus, who is our burden bearer. Can I get an Amen. You see, until you do that, you're probably not in faith in many things. Let's stay with the verses here. 
casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. And be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know who the devil may devour? Those who carry the cares. Those who stay in the fear. Those who are putting their faith in him. Because when you fear the devil, you're really putting faith in him. You're making him Lord over your life. You know, Adam and Eve, they feared that God wasn't going to be good to them and that they needed to go ahead and eat of that tree. They feared that, and Satan became Lord over them. They feared that God really wasn't a good God, and not every good and perfect gift came from him because the devil said, did he say not to eat? Oh, he knows that if you eat thereof, uh, that your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God's. He's keeping something from you. He, he's not a good God given every good and perfect gift coming down from him. So you, you can fear and, and, and believe that he's not really for you. So, so go ahead and eat of the fruit. See how the devil works? He gets us into fear. He gets us into really not believing what the word says. And like I said, we need to humble ourselves, number one. It, we need to humble ourselves and say, you know, I can't do anything about it anyway. I don't have the power. God does. Humble yourselves. Because it's really arrogance to take this into your own hands. It's really arrogance to worry. Oh, that, I never heard anybody say anything like that, Pastor Bill. Because maybe people haven't thought through enough. Because you know what? It really is arrogance to be worrying and in fear all the time. Because if you really trusted God, and if you loved God and were submitted to him, you'd be putting your trust in him and you wouldn't have to be in fear. But you must be taking it upon yourself to take care of yourself. But we let the Lord take care of us. He is our strength. He is our power. I will... Be in the secret place of the Most High. And I will be under the shadow of the Almighty. And he'll be my fortress and my God and my strength. And in him will I trust. Can I get an amen? Or are you going to take that on yourself? No, you need to humble yourself. You need to cast your care on him. That is the first expression of faith that we can show God. I said, that is the first expression of faith that we can show God. I I always believed God may be from Missouri because he always says, show me your faith. Well, if you've ever read, you know, James 2.17, you know, faith without corresponding action is dead. One person says, you know, I'll talk about my faith. And the other one says, I'll show you my faith. Because faith without corresponding action is dead. You can talk about it all day long. But until you act upon it, you, you're not in faith. And so the first way that we show God our faith is we cast our cares on him. And we quit carrying them ourselves. And you know, because the devil loves it, because anything that's not done in faith is sin, it says in the book of Romans. And the devil seeks whom he might devour. He goes about seeking whom he may devour like a lion. And all he has to do is find somebody who's not in faith, because to not be in faith is sin. That's what the Bible says. And how do you prove to God you're not in faith? Because you're trusting in your ability to protect yourself, to take on your fears, to take on your worries, to take on your anxieties, and you're refusing to cast them over onto the Lord. And so you must think you're bigger than the Lord because you're taking care of them instead of giving in to him like he told you to. Can I get an amen? Anybody following this? See how important it is to just really know the word? We're to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And he's the creator of the universe and all power resides in him. Wow. 
You know, it's one thing if you took some cares on. You know, sometimes if you're not careful, you'll accidentally start worrying about something. Anybody accidentally start worrying about something? Didn't really mean to. Your mind slipped over in that. And before you know it, you're carrying that care. You're starting to worry that worry. You're starting to have that anxiety. And then you go, oops, oh, I'm sorry, Lord. And then you take First Peter and, and you do exactly what it says, and you cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Say, Lord, I'm going to cast all my cares on you because you care about me, so I'm going to cast them over onto you because I've been carrying them. And you know, I just need to cast my cares over on you. And that's really good. But let me, let me tell you, you know what's even better to do? It's to never pick them up in the first place. Turn with me to Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And we're going to see an even better way to deal with this than James. This is the bailout. This is the, you know, if you mess up scripture. But let me tell you the original scripture that's actually better than casting your care on the Lord. And, and it even works even, even more effectively and more efficiently. It says, and be careful for nothing. In other words, don't take on any cares in the first place. Be care-filled for nothing. Or let nothing cause you to be care-filled. Or don't let anything cause you to pick up cares. Or don't take any care into your life. Be careful for nothing. So you can get cares and then you cast them off. Or you can just say when a care starts coming towards you, you just say, I'm not going to be care-filled or carry that, that care. I'm not going to be careful of anything. I'm not going to let any cares get on me in the first place. How many would rather just live your life like that? There's divine healing and then there's divine health. I'd rather walk in divine health and never get sick than get sick and have to get healed. Somebody say amen. So I'd rather not get into fear. I'd rather not get into anxiety. I'd rather not carry any cares in the first place than to have to take them on and then say, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm going to have to cast, I'm going to have to humble myself because I've been proud, and I'm going to have to cast all my cares upon you for you care for me, and therefore now the devil can't devour me and he can't do things to me because I'm not walking around in pride and carrying my own cares. I'm humbling myself knowing I need to really give it to you. Amen. Anybody, can anybody relate to this? I can relate to this. You know, worrying is one of the easiest sins to fall into, I think, that there is. Because we tend to not control our minds. But look what it says, and take care for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the fear of the devil, which passes all understanding. Oh, excuse me. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. How many of you want the peace of God that passes all understanding? to keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. See, we, we, don't have a, we don't have a battle with we don't have the battle with devils. We have the fight of faith. We don't fight with devils, we fight the fight of faith. You know, the fight of faith, the sword of the spirit is the number one weapon. And the shield of faith is the number one way to protect ourselves. See, all the rest you just wear it, but you operate a shield of faith. And you operate, now we're over in, in Ephesians 6 in the armor of God. And you operate, the one offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit. Can I get an amen? amen? And the other weapon that you operate is the shield of faith. Now you wear the breastplate of righteousness. You have your loins girt with truth. You have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. 
You have the helmet of salvation on your head. But you operate two things. You operate the sword as an offensive weapon. And then you put the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the wicked one. So these are things that we have to do. So faith and the word are always what we need to be talking about. Are the things, because that's the things that we've got to become proficient. It doesn't take any skill to wear something, but it takes a lot of skill to know how to use a sword. It takes a lot of skill to know how to use a shield and stop uh, the, the sword that's coming at you. So we need to know how to walk in faith. And it says, in the peace of God that passes all understanding, so keep your hearts and your minds. How many of you want the peace of God in your life? So let's not, let's not take on any cares. Let's cast all our cares upon him if we have any. Number two, once you get all your old cares cast off of you, because you need to be carefree. You need to be away from cares. Then once you get it off of you, then take care for nothing. Don't, don't take any care. Well, you know, we don't have enough money. Pastor Bill, you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. Oh, yeah, I do. Well, we don't have any money. Or we've got this battle. Or we've got this fight. Or we've got this kid. You don't know what it's like. It doesn't make any difference if I know what it's like. Me knowing what it's like doesn't change the word. Can I get an amen? But it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. Make your requests known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. Do you have the peace of God that passes all understanding this morning? Because if you don't, it's because you haven't been doing this. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Or did Jesus lie about that? No, he's telling the truth. Somebody say, Jesus always tells the truth. And he was speaking through Paul by the Holy Ghost. So we need to understand that we take care for nothing by prayer and supplication. So when you have no money, you know, oh my gosh, I'm so worried about this. And I can't stop thinking about it. Oh, what am I going to do? Rhetorical questions. Oh, I got to go talk to somebody. Oh, I've got to go obsess. That's really going to help things. No. It tells you exactly what to do. It tells you that be careful of nothing, but everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God and the peace of God to pass all understanding and keep your hearts in mind. So what does that mean? That means I pray and I give thanks. So three expressions of faith. I refuse to take it. I refuse to carry that burden, carry that fear. I refuse, and if I'm carrying it, I cast over the Lord. And then take care for nothing, but all things with prayer and supplication. I go straight to prayer and supplication. That's an act of faith. Not taking is an act of faith. Not uh, carrying that load. And then prayer and supplication means you're turning to God and looking to him. It doesn't end there. But then, if you believe that you received it, then you thank him for it. Because my Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, if you believe that you receive it. See, we're not begging God to give it. He's already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, it says in Peter. We're not begging God to give it to us. We're believing that we receive it, and then we give thanks, because we believe we received it. Now, if I ask Kathy to give me some of that water in that bottle right there, I would come up to her and I'd say, you know, I believe that I receive it. And if I, and if I believe that I receive it, I would say thank you. But if I just stood back here and said, I sure wish you'd give that to me. You know, I'm praying you'll give that to me. I hope someday you'll give that to me. 
Gosh, if you would just give that to me, no, I'd just go up and say, I believe I receive it. I believe I'll receive that. Because now Kathy, she'd already said she'd give it to me. In the hypothetical world. <laughs> I'm going to let her have it back. But anyway, praise the Lord. You know, faith doesn't wait. Faith receives something right now. Now faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. Casting your cares on the Lord is an expression of faith. And until you cast your care on the Lord and then choose not to take it, you're really not in faith. Uh, most people need to get rid of some things. Most people need to learn to cast them on the Lord. And most people need to load uh, those things onto Jesus. He wants to carry your load so you can carry the load that he has for you. Turn with me to Psalm sixty-eight, nineteen. You can't be in faith and receive the things the de- that the Lord wants if you're receiving and carrying the things the devil wants you to have. You cannot do both at the same time. You cannot be in fear and faith at the same time. You cannot be carrying your load of garbage from the devil and carry the Lord's load of blessings from him. See, we cast our care off, or we don't take the care at all if we are obedient to God. Psalm 68, and we'll just go ahead and let's turn there. And this is a scripture as to what the Lord wants to replace that load that you're carrying, casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. And he wants to put something else in place of that thing that you're carrying, and, and it's, a very, it's a very powerful thing. Psalm 68, oh, I turned to the wrong verse, I'm sorry. Psalm 68 says this, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits even the God of our salvation. God wants to load us with benefits. And those benefits begin in the spiritual and in the realm of your soul and your mind getting renewed. He wants you to begin to carry, just like the devil, he doesn't put physical things on you. He doesn't put the bill on your head. He just brings thoughts about the bill in your head. Can I get an amen? So when, when you're carrying burdens, when you're carrying things that you need to cast over upon the Lord, you're not carrying them physically. You're not carrying that fight you had with your boss physically. You're carrying it around in your mind. You're not carrying that bill that you don't have enough money to pay. You're not carrying it around on top of your head or on your shoulder like you're carrying it physically. But the way you carry the burden is in your mind. Can I get an amen? See, when you start carrying the wrong things, you're carrying burdens, and you're carrying cares, and you're carrying the very things that Jesus says, casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. See, bless the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. See, if we will allow him, he will begin to daily load us with not physical benefits yet, but the foundation for the physical benefits is the knowledge and the revelation of the benefits that he has for your life. The heart knowledge, the faith knowledge, the faith understanding, the faith revelation and illumination and rhema word, he will begin to start letting you carry those things around in your consciousness, in your thoughts, in the belief in your heart. And when you begin to believe and speak that out, then they become realities. Can I get an amen? But you can't carry those simultaneously while you're carrying all the devil's lies and fears. you got to believe all of his promises 
and all the faith that he has given you. You cannot do both at the same time. You got to get rid of something to put something in. You got to get rid of a burden to carry the right blessing and the thing. You know, and see, he gave it to us because why? Because he carried it for us. It says in Isaiah 53, 4, 5, surely he is born. Surely he has, let's everybody turn there in your Bible. Turn quickly to Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he has borne our griefs. That's in the mind realm. And carried our sorrows. That's in the mind realm. See, Jesus already carried our burdens for us. Is anybody getting this this morning? Isaiah 53. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. See, and back then they thought it was because he was a bad guy. Yet we esteemed him not. We esteemed stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him with his stripes we were healed. See, he bore those things for us so that we don't have to bear them. Our sorrows, our griefs. If he bore them, then what are we doing bearing them? He says, get back over on me, casting all your cares on him for he cares for you. And then let him load you with his benefits. Blessed the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Well, every morning we're going to have to get up and choose which we're going to carry. Because David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all mine iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction. You've heard me say it a thousand times, who crowns his loving kindness and tender mercies and so on and so forth. He's got benefits. So every morning you're going to have to look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, which one is it? Which one is it? Am I going to take on the devil's cares today? Am I going to bear that thing that Jesus told me to cast over on him? Am I going to walk around with a burden of fear, anxiety, concern, really lack of faith? Or am I going to choose all of his benefits? Am I going to take care for nothing? Not going to let him even get on me today. But I'm going to choose, bless the Lord who daily loads me with benefits. Instead of casting my cares over him, I say, Lord, now you can cast some of those benefits over on me. He daily loadeth us. Everybody say, daily loadeth us. That's what the Bible says. He wants to load you up. He wants to load you up with benefits. Benefits where? In my mind and in my heart. So when I believe them, all things are possible to them that believe. He wants to load you up through the word of God. He wants to load you up that says, by his stripes you're healed. He wants to load you up with that verse that says, you're the blessed coming in and the blessed going out. He wants to load you up that you'll lend and not borrow. He wants to load you up that all your sins have been forgiven. He wants to load you up about healing. He wants to load you up about forgiveness. He wants to load you up about everything that he says belongs to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness. He wants to load you up with the knowledge, with the faith, and with the ability to go do and to have and to be everything that he said you should be. He wants to load you up. But as long as you're carrying it, you know, it says in Deuteronomy 30, 15, he says, I set before you today life, and I set before you death, and I command you to choose life. 
Every day you wake up with a decision. You either choose life or you choose death. You choose death thoughts or you choose life thoughts. You choose faith thoughts or you choose fear thoughts. You choose to carry those burdens that are bad or you can choose those blessings that he wants to load you up with that are not burdens but blessings that you can carry around with you. Somebody say amen. It's all what you choose to carry. And the carrying takes place in your mind. It's not physically on your back. It's not something that you physically carry. It's something that you're carrying around in your thought life. And see, it's good that he gives us a way out. He tells us, first of all, take care for nothing. In other words, don't carry anything in the first place. But if you do, cast all your cares over on him. For he cares for you. But he wants you to eventually grow up and grow out of that carrying those things. He wants you to grow into never taking them in the first place. You know why? Because if you carry him and then you cast him off and you carry him and you cast him off and you carry him and you cast him off and he says, let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea and let not that man think that he'll receive anything from the Lord because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. All of his ways he becomes unstable. So don't go back from, oh, I'm going to carry some fears today. I'm just going to think about that. Boy, that really bothers me. I'm so mad about that. I can't believe she said that. Well, that really bugs me. I, I'm, just, I'm just mad. Quit it. Cast that care off. And then you jump back over here. Well, I, now I want to I have my mind right, and I want to be able to receive healing. I want to be able to receive prosperity and blessing and go out and get people saved and do the things of the Lord and walk in faith and, and walk in the spirit and be good. And, and that, but then now I want to be over here and I want to be in fear for a while and, and I, I want to pout and have my, you know, my pity party. And then I want to be over here and be my, 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 you know, my big faith hero and, and be successful in faith today. But, but I want to be, but I, but I kind of like my worrying, so I want to go back over here. And, I be, and you go back and forth and a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And you'll just wear yourself out. Might as well just get in faith and stay there. Quit wasting your time and everybody else's and start producing for the kingdom. Can I get an amen? Amen. Grow up. Choose to walk in faith and be in that place. Nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea. Let not that man think that he will receive anything from the Lord. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Are you stable this morning? Choose to be stable. Somebody say amen. amen. We need to be stable. We need to remember his benefits. And I like what it says over there in that next part. You know, take care for nothing. Have anxiety or fear about nothing. But in all things with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, ever say the peace of God, passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Anybody get anything out of this? You know, I used to have a lot of worries. When I first got saved, I was a, Brother Hagin used to say this, I was a world champion worrier. You know, some of you are worry warts, and you need to get rid of your warts. They're not pretty. So anyway, we need to get to the place where we are always overcoming those things. Now, let me, let me read that next part. And it says, and let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes under all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, 
whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. In other words, let God load you up on those things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, uh, good, a virtue. Because uh, he, he, he daily wants to load us with these benefits. Can I get an amen? And the way he does it is you get into the word casting your cares on him or not allowing, being careful of nothing, not allowing them in the first place, or if you do, cast them over on him and then, uh, you know, pray and then know <laughs> that... Uh, you, you can have thanksgiving because you believe that you received it, like it says in Mark eleven twenty four, and then begin to think upon good things and let God just keep loading you up. If you keep doing and believing one level of faith, God will give you another level. If you don't, that what you have will be taken away from you. But if you keep on acting on the word, he'll keep adding more, and he'll just add more, and he'll keep daily loading you with benefits. And why should we think on... Those things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good, and virtuous. Because so as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's what it says. Read it. Look it up. Proverbs 23, 7. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Benefit-minded or fear-minded? If you're benefit-minded... You will be or have or experience, however you want to say it, those benefits. If you're fear-minded, how do I know that? Because Proverbs 10, 24 says, the fear of the wicked shall come upon them. But the desire of the righteous shall be granted unto them. How many of you want to stay out of fear? Because the fear of the wicked will come upon them. That's why the devil wants you in fear. But the desire of the righteous shall be granted them. That's why the devil doesn't want you thinking right. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's why God says, think upon these things that are good, that are lovely, that are true, that are just, that are pure, that are virtuous, full of virtue. Think upon those things. See, if you'll cast your cares on him, he'll start loading his benefits on you as you think about these things. The benefit is when you get that revelation, when you get that rhema word, when all of a sudden the light comes on and you have faith. And when you have faith for it, look out, it's going to begin happening in your life. Anybody ever have faith arise in your heart and then see those things begin to come to pass? Jesus said, Very last Andrew, whoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Wow. That's an amazing thing. If you abide in me, and if my words abide in you, if my benefits, my promises, if you abide in me, and if my words abide in you, his benefits. If you abide in me, and if my benefits abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. It's good to get God's benefits into our mind. It's good to think upon those things and forget not all of his benefits. So let me just review you know, as I, as I think about it, uh, we can give thanks for all his benefits. He says, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? The sacrifice of thanksgiving. You know, calling upon his name. Paying the vows because it says, you know, what shall I do for all his benefits? We use that for the offertory this morning. Oh, I'll give thanksgiving. I'll pay vows. So let me just review it. We need to make room for his benefits in our consciousness. 
If our consciousness is full of fear, we'll never have a benefits consciousness. We need to make room for God's blessings or benefits in our consciousness. You need to clean out that closet, your mind. You know, I always thought this. If my closet is filled with my old clothes, I won't have any room to get some new clothes. You ladies ought to be saying, hallelujah. And where can I throw these old clothes away? You need to be throwing away your old clothes. And you need to be getting some new clothes and putting them on. Can I get an amen? You need to be cleaning out the closet of your mind. And you need to be throwing away yesterday's clothes because there's some, there's some holes in them. There's some dirt spots. on. Huh? You need to get rid of some of your old, dirty, messed up thinking that you put on yourself and defines your identity. Throw those clothes away, and you need to get a closet full of new clothes and get a new identity in Christ as to what belongs to you. So clean out your closet of your mind. Throw away some of the stinking thinking. Throw the doors wide open and start bringing in some new stuff. And get a new identity. And some of you need a new look. <laughs> Just kidding. But let me tell you something. You need a new look about you as how you see yourself. Can I get an amen? You need to see yourself differently. You need to get a new look. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's so important that you begin to understand that it, you're not going to be able to put those new clothes in as long as you've got all the old ones in there. If the rack is completely full from left to right, and those hangers are side by side and they're so tight, you aren't going to put any more new clothes. You've got to get rid of some things to add some new things. When you get rid of that wrong thinking by casting your cares on the Lord, casting your thoughts on the Lord and you begin to take in some new thoughts and some new identity, God can begin to do some things. Now, turn with me to Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. I, I like this scripture. And if you're there today, this, this scripture is really for you. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. I like this. It says, Come unto me, all ye that, are, that labor and are heavy laden. Everybody say, heavy laden. Now, do you suppose a heavy-laden person is somebody who's obeyed 1 Peter 5, 7 and cast all their cares on him for he cares for them? No, they're heavy-laden because they haven't cast off their care, the weight of their care, onto that pack mule, Jesus, the one who carried our sins far away. If you don't cast that over, then you're never going to get out of this position. Come unto me, all ye that are that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, which is what? Learning of me. There is a yoke to learning, and your fellow yoked with him. Your co-labors together. Your co-joint heirs together with Christ. Your co-labors, but you're also joint heirs. And everything that he has died on the cross to purchase for us in salvation... Now we pick up our cross and we get all the benefits. We're co-laborers with him. And we take that yoke with him. And that yoke is a yoke of blessing. Take that, my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And what is his yoke and what does he want to give? He daily wants to load us with benefits. Can I get an amen? I'll take the yoke of benefits. How about you? Anybody here want the yoke of benefits and blessings? 
Yes, there's a yoke of being with Christ. You need to live a holy life. You're going to experience some persecution. You're going to have to submit to authority. You're going to need to go to church. You need to study your Bible. Yeah, there's a certain yoke, but, but I don't mind all that yoke as long as I'm being prosperous. My kids are saved. I'm happy. I got a good marriage, and I got things going my way. I don't mind that yoke one single little bit. Somebody say amen. You see, yeah, there's a yoke. Let me tell you something. It daily load, that yoke will daily load you with benefits. Yeah, I don't mind that yoke. If, if surely, you know, I'm going to have, you know, all my, for he's forgiven all, forget all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness, who satisfies my youth, who, who renews my youth as the eagle and satisfies my mouth with good things. I don't mind that yoke. That's a pretty good yoke to carry around. Because you're going to carry some kind of a yoke. You're either going to carry the yoke of fear and all the garbage it brings into your life, or you're going to carry the yoke of faith that brings all the blessings into your life. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, which one are you going to choose? See, one is faith, one is fear, one is life, one is death. One is victory, one is complete defeat. But it all depends if you're going to cast those cares onto Jesus so he can make room for loading you daily with benefits or not letting those blessings, I mean, those cares come upon you, taking care for nothing or taking no cares but in all things with prayer and supplication, making your request known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding. Keeping your heart and mind. See, I would just rather get rid of them. I'd rather carry the load of benefits. I'd rather just be in that position where the Lord can bless me. And I believe this. You know, one way that you can do that, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law will not depart out of your mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written there. And then thou shalt make thy ways prosperous and have good success. Amen. Amen. 